These are Bora Voices. Hi, I am Carlos Deleon. I am the student lead of the Bora Podcast uh, this year. And this will be our, technically our second episode. It'll be our first fully student-produced episode. And that's really cool. That's really cool for a lot of reasons. I mean, that's been the... It's been the dream of this podcast for years. We are finding a lot more people who are really interested in it and really like this kind of stuff like I do. And this is a really cool episode. Um, we have a, lo- um, a lot of different things for you. A little bit of a mashup of a lot of different things. But we have a group of students who are going to review some scary movies. Some of the most important scary movies of the genre, such as Halloween. Halloween's groundbreaking, or was groundbreaking for its time. And Scream. Scream is one of my all-time favorites. If you haven't watched Scream, please go watch Scream. It's, it's really good. And we have a couple interviews as well. We have an interview with a trauma doctor, Dr. Fillmore. He is a trauma doctor at, here in Boise, actually. And we also have some interviews with some new music faculty here at Boyle. We have lost a lot of the teachers, such as the choir teacher and the band teacher. So, I hope you enjoy. Uh, it should be a good one. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Board Podcast. Enjoy. I'm Camille Schultz. I'm here with Mrs. Bennett. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Dia de los Muertos? So I'm Miss Bennett. I teach Spanish two and four. And Dia de los Muertos takes place November 1st and 2nd. And it is believed that the dead, their spirit comes back to earth to enjoy what they did when they were living. It's a holiday that's not necessarily sad, but it's a day to remember their ancestors and they decorate grave sites and cemeteries and put a ton of flowers out and they build elaborate ofrendas or altars with everything that their ancestors enjoyed in life, such as foods or maybe games. They have skeletons on there that depict what what they did. So if it was like somebody who was a doctor, it might be skeleton and scrubs. Um, They also will have a few different things on the altars like the marigold flower is the flower of the dead um they have cat candles which are believed like light the path so that the spirit can find their way to the altar and incense also is believed it was used by the aztecs to um like bring the spirits down towards the altar so they could find their path um they obviously have pictures of their loved ones and Um, It's a celebration that remembers the people who have passed in their life and they kind of look at death as just another step in life and it's kind of just a circuit. Hello, I am here with the new band director uh, of Boy High, being Mr. Clay. He started, what, two years ago? This, One is, year my, ago? this is my second year. Yep, second year, and has replaced Sullivan, the band director of what, 30 years? 
28 at Bora, yeah. Yeah, so he has been teaching at Bora for longer than you have been alive. Yes, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, crazy right. to think about. Anyhow, uh, do you want to give an introduction of yourself? Yeah, so my name's Mr. Clay. Uh, I've been teaching here for two years. It's my second year teaching uh, outside of college. Uh, I graduated from Boise State with a music ed degree, and that took five years. Uh, and originally, I grew up in Washington, and that's basically where I went through all of my public education and decided upon being a music educator. And my main instrument is percussion. And you got this job right out of college. I did get this job right out of college. Yeah, I actually had the job before I technically graduated. Yeah. So. And you're probably one of our youngest teachers here, if not the youngest. Probably. Yeah, probably. And so I would like to ask you a little bit about your college life. Like, since you're fresh out of college, and yeah. in a way, you may have not technically left your college life yet. So how how was your college experience? Oh, man. It was good. Like, if I did give any, like, shortest, you know, summary of it, it was just really good. Like, it allowed me to experience a ton of things, and that was, like, the best part of it was, outside of even just music, just, like, in a world sense. Like, I experienced a lot of the world just being in college. Yeah had a lot of chances to meet a lot of really cool people. And because college is so like uh, detail oriented, you know, you're not all taking math together. I mean, you are a little bit, but you're getting into your detailed things. And it's cool, like there are so many things in college when I like after my third or fourth year even, that I learned people were doing specific things I'd never even heard of. And they're like, yeah, I'm getting my degree in this so I can go do this. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh yeah. All the things when you're in high school that you want to do, you like get to do them in college because there's no like curfew you don't have to tell your mom when you're going to be home or if you're going to be home like you just do whatever you want and it's really weird to get a grip on that and as of actually just last week the majority of the seniors have applied for colleges do you have any like tips going into colleges oh man i think biggest tips going into college i think just be open as open as you can be just to, I mean, like, I just, I totally thought I had things figured out. And not, like, completely. But I definitely thought I had things figured out more than I did going into college. Oh, yeah. So, literally, just, like, you don't know what there is. Like, one, career-wise, like, you don't know what you're actually going to want to do. I think it was 89% of people at Boise State changed their major at least once. Oh, geez. Like, that's literally 9 out of 10. Like, I mean, almost. Or, okay. But, like, you just don't know what you're going to want to do or what even there is. So to, and, like, you don't even know the kind of people there, that there are in the world. Or, like, you really haven't experienced everything to know everything. So, like, if I could just say any one thing, just be, like, just, like, have an open mind about literally everything. And it's going to make your experience better because it's going to give you more opportunity to learn about, you know, college and education. But also just about the world, which is cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And to conclude this, this is a make or break question. Okay. And there is a correct answer. Um, what is your favorite type of yogurt, Mr. Clay? Um, uh, I probably, I always just get the vanilla yogurt and put granola in it. I wouldn't say that's a correct answer, but I wouldn't say it's wrong. What was the right, what was the right answer? Not your answer. Anyways, thank you okay. for uh, allowing us to interview you. This has been the Board Podcast. I'm Carlos Elion, and that was Mr. Clay. I'm Camille Schultz, and I'm here with Dr. Fillmore. Welcome to the Bora High podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks, Camille. Yeah, my name is Parker Fillmore. I'm uh, one of the trauma surgeons at St. Alphonsus. I'm the trauma medical director there, and uh, I've been there for about five years now. Very nice. And uh, why did you choose to work in Boise? Well, uh, who wouldn't want to live in Boise? So that was easy. Idaho is just an amazing uh, state, and so... 
you know, I was directed or, you know, my attention uh, towards uh, Boise came from just what a great, uh, you know, outdoors environment it is. But the reason why I wanted to come to Boise and um, do trauma surgery was that uh, Idaho is a, is a challenge for trauma care. And I like challenges. I like solving problems. And so one of the things that study about trauma in Idaho is that just the fact that you live in Idaho because of how spread out we are, you actually have a 50% higher chance of dying from a traumatic injury than elsewhere in the country just because of how difficult it is to get to you if you get injured and you're not, you know, in Boise. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like quite the challenge. And um, what's the difference between the emergency room and the trauma department? Well, that's a common uh, question, actually. When I tell people I'm a trauma surgeon, they say, oh, so you're an emergency doctor. Well, yes and no. Uh, most trauma centers, the physical location of the trauma center is in an emergency room. Uh, and that just makes sense because that's where the ambulances come and that's where the helicopters land. There are some you know, places I trained at. Most of the places I trained were standalone trauma centers. It was just for trauma patients. But here, it is uh, in the emergency room that you will find the trauma surgeon uh, and the uh, what we call a trauma bay. So there's certain designated areas where if you're a trauma patient, you go to those areas. You don't have to wait in the waiting room. You get a, a direct admit to the emergency room. You come right through, and uh, the trauma surgeon, the trauma team sees you there. Out of those who do have serious injuries, what are some of the most common accidents you see? Well, the most common uh, injury for us uh, in in our um, you know region is going to be what we call blunt trauma. We classify trauma in some broad categories. You have blunt or you have penetrating. So the blunt trauma is by far the most common. That's like 95% of, of the injuries we deal with, and that means things like car accidents, bicycle accidents, motorbike accidents, anything where you are, uh, you come to a, a very sudden stop and uh, your body doesn't stop and, you know, something hits you or you hit something. And so we deal with a lot of rib fractures, clavicle collarbone fractures. We deal with quite a few hip fractures. So one of the more common um, traumatic injuries are elderly uh, patients who trip and fall or slip on ice. Um, and those are still classified as, as traumatic injuries. And so we take care of those as well. What would be considered a, uh, what was the, the other type of trauma you said that was not blunt force? Penetrating. 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 So that's the one everyone gets excited about. So those are the gunshot wounds and the knife stab wounds. And uh, thankfully, we live in a pretty safe community where we don't see a lot of those. But unfortunately, we're seeing an increase. You know, as the population grows um, and we bring you know more people into the state, um, unfortunately, we're, we're seeing more. And, and often those are associated with 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 drug and, and, uh, and other uh, crimes. And so uh, fortunately, like I said, we, we don't see a lot. Unfortunately, we're seeing more and more every year. Yeah, for sure. And have you ever been any, in any situations outside of work where someone required immediate medical attention and you could help them? Well, um, 
Well, I work a lot, so outside of work. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's there's been a couple of, of opportunities um, for me to, to help others. The first time, and maybe this is why I wanted to become a trauma surgeon, um, I was in, I was a trauma patient, you know, in high school, I was in a car accident and, and I was a trauma patient and, um, I s- survived obviously did fine, spent a couple nights in the hospital, but a couple of years after that, as a high school student, still, I unfortunately was present when there was a car accident right in front of where I was waiting outside to, to go into a, a concert and, um, that individual got trapped in their car and we all rushed to kind of help them get out. And, um, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get him out. And this, um, young man, I don't, he was probably mid twenties or something and, um, we couldn't get him out. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, he died. And I imagine that probably had an effect on me in kind of, you know, thinking, wow, that could have been me. And um, I kind of just went on and, you know, I then did some EMT so that um, the pre-hospital paramedic type, you know, training and and then just kind of kept working my way up towards, um, you know, being a trauma surgeon. And so I don't have um, anything, you know, nearly as uh, exciting as, you know, what I do at work, the the things that I've been able to do to help people have been kind of minor. It's just everything's a little bit minor after you see some of the things that um, you know we deal with. A lot of thank goodness, um, you know, I'm able to take care of people. You know, in a hospital, it makes it a lot easier to to do the job. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, I hope some people find this. Uh, entertaining and informational, and I hope everyone stays safe. This is your first year at Bora, so um, what do you teach here at Bora? High school choir. Uh, Have you taught choir anywhere else? What is your uh, teaching history? So I taught in Newton, Iowa, which is about 30 miles east of Des Moines, for three years, and then I taught English in Viljandi, Estonia, for a year, and now I'm here. Estonia, fancy. Mm-hmm. All right, um, what was your education history before you became a teacher? Uh, so I went to La Crosse Central High School in La Crosse, Wisconsin, go Riverhawks, and then I went to Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, go Bulldogs, for my undergraduate degrees in music education with a choral emphasis and vocal performance with a concentration in opera. Very impressive, very impressive. <laughs> also, um, what brought you to Bora specifically? <clears throat> well, um, you know, I was applying for jobs and uh, this job came open and I, I, I had never been to Idaho before until I got here. Um, and so I was kind of looking around and was able to find some videos of the choirs on, um, on YouTube and, you know, saw that there was a pretty solid history here, a pretty solid program that I'd be walking into. Um, and that just made it an easier decision to, to apply here. Um, and then I was offered the job and now I'm here. Fantastic. And uh, what are you most excited about this year? What am I most excited about? Honestly, I'm just excited to, I think after the last year that everybody had, it's just fun to be around kids making music and um, just seeing people in real life, even if we're masked and stuff. It's, it's just good to be making music again.
Halloween night. A small American town, 15 years ago. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Halloween, the night he came home. Hi, I'm Sloan. I'm Morgan. And I'm Avi. And today, we're going to be talking about some scary movies. To start off, we're going to talk about Halloween. Halloween's is starring Jamie Lee Curtis and directed by John Carpenter. Halloween came out on October 25th, 1978. Halloween utilizes many horror movie tropes that have been, become common in modern horror films. Overall, when I first watched Halloween, I thought it was very cliche, but then I kind of thought about it as if I was there when the movie came out, and I realized that I can see why it's, like, popular, I guess. Yes, compared to the movies that are coming out now, it does not seem very scary. But we do have to look at it through the lens of it being groundbreaking for the horror industry. So I didn't really think it was very scary, and I didn't like it that much, but I do see the effects of it on modern horror movies. I know you were mentioning how, like, you thought it was kind of cliche, but I think... The interesting thing is, at that time, it wasn't cliche, and it kind of introduced a lot of the things. It kind of, like, created the tropes that would later become cliches. When I first, like, watched the movie, I mean, going into it, I was like, man, this isn't actually that scary. But, like, if you look at previous horror movies, like, before, I mean, those are, like, kind of scary. But, like, the amount of, like, violence in Halloween is, like, greater than those. So I can see how as, like, if you were someone back in the 70s watching it for the first time, you'd be like, oh, wow, this is, like crazy and even like through nowadays when we have like scarier movies like if you think about it that way then you're like oh dang that actually I can see how that became kind of a thing yeah because it does not have a lot of gore there's violence but there's not really a lot of blood or anything so that's like a huge difference from the movies that are coming out now but it was still more violent than what was common for the time and I guess an interesting thing is like the goriest death the goriest death you don't actually really see. Um, it's kind of off camera, and then you just see our main character, Jamie Lee Curtis, like find the body. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Like scary movies. Everybody's a suspect! Yeah. Not scary, are you? Scream. Yes. Okay. Scream came out on December 20th in 1996. It was directed by Wes Craven and it starred Nev Campbell as the main character, Sydney. Scream redefined the horror movie genre and it pokes fun at many of the common horror movie tropes that you also have seen in Halloween. I really liked Scream, and I preferred it to Halloween, but obviously we would not be able to have something like Scream without Halloween sort of setting up the genre and creating what became these common tropes and cliches. Yeah, and like Wes, Wes Craven really he drew a lot of inspiration from Halloween, and he... Yeah, and like when we like first started watching, because we watched Halloween first when we watched these movies, and then we watched Scream after... 
And, like, as we were talking earlier, the, like, level of gore, like, greatly increased when we watched Scream. Like, the first, like, 15 minutes, this girl gets her guts completely ripped out, which is um, pretty gnarly, actually. Pretty <laughs> pretty gross. <laughs> so, um, yeah, overall, Scream definitely, like, kicks things up a notch compared to Halloween. But you can still see how it has its roots set in those main horror movie tropes, which I think is really interesting. And the way that they like, kind of twisted the tropes, and they, like, poked fun at them throughout the movie. Like, there was one character that kind of, um, he would, like, point out these horror movie tropes, and you would see them happen throughout the film, and you would kind of know what's going on, which I thought was pretty fun. And it was also really interesting to see, like, the humor in it compared to Halloween, which had a very serious tone throughout. But nowadays, like, even more serious, violent movies have a lot of humor in them, and that's become, like, pretty normal. And what I found was really interesting about Scream is that the main plot was actually inspired by a real-life serial killer called the Gainesville Ripper. And the Gainesville Ripper, Danny Rowling, was a serial killer in Gainesville, Florida in 1990 who murdered five college students over the course of three days. And similar to the murders in Scream, he killed with a knife and like brutally mutilated his victims. Rowling was not initially a suspect in this murder spree, but once police connected the Gainesville killings to an unsolved triple homicide in Shreveport, Louisiana a year earlier, a Shreveport resident who knew him notified the police of her suspicion of him, and he was charged with the murders in 1991, a year after they were committed. And soon before his actual trial, he actually confessed to the killings of the college students. But then he was sentenced to death. And shortly before his actual execution, he confessed to the triple homicide as well. Yeah. And overall, Scream was a really fun movie to watch. Lots of fun characters. Lots of very iconic lines. And to all the listeners out there, what's your favorite scary movie? What would you do if your pet started talking? My what? If your pet started talking. I'd probably be a little confused and ask why the heck are they actually talking instead of just talking in my mind. Okay, what family member are you closest to and why? Minnesota! Thank you for your time. All right, what's your favorite cheesy pickup line? Cheesy pickup line. Are you tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day. That was a good one. Thank you. Take your candy. All right, if you found out you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do today? Like, what what would you do? Fly to Vegas immediately. Spend all my money and have, like, an all-night rager. For sure. And, and, and commit a lot of crimes. Thank you. What is the best thing in life? sucks. Answer it. Suck it. Uh, no, but I don't know. Hell if I know. Can I have a candy? Have you ever cheated at a board game? Yes. You're a terrible person. Thank you. <laughs> if you became president, what's the first thing you do? Like, you have complete control over the government. First action, first law. Uh, 
six weeks paid vacation, starting with me and then everybody else under that. That'd be great. All right. What's the most ridiculous outfit that you've ever worn in public? A clown outfit. Why? Because I like clowns. You a clown? Yes. Clown in. Thank you. All right. Which movie monster could you beat in a fight? A movie monster? Yeah. Um, probably, probably Candyman. No, no, Freddy Krueger, stay awake. Oh yeah, Freddy Krueger, yeah, I could do that. Just stay awake? That, and I don't know, I drink like a lot of energy drinks, and I'm like a really manic dreamer, so. You think you can beat him in a one-on-one fisticuffs? Um, probably not, but probably. Yeah, I'd use my charm. You know, I like that, thank you. Yeah, of course. How do we know you're not an alien? Shit, you don't. Why? Why not? Okay. If you had to go on a like one-on-one fight with a movie monster, who would you beat? Could you beat a movie monster in a one-on-one fisticuffs fight? Mano y mano. No. Why? Because I'm bad. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> How do we know that you are not a robot? How do we know you're human? Honestly, I don't know myself. It's like everything in this world is just an algorithm in our brains. So it's like, what is the difference between the synapses in my brains and the ones and zeros in a robot? So if I'm just looking at this, it's like, does a robot know it's a robot? How would I know? What's going on? Follow-up question, are we in a computer simulation? You know, us being in a computer simulation is probably the most likely thing that's going on. But on a side note, if we are in a computer simulation, we are definitely not in the top layer. That computer simulation, it's in a computer simulation, which, let's be honest, is in another computer simulation. Because you're looking at it like, if one one civilization can figure it out, and they can create another civilization that can figure it out, what's to say there aren't infinite, just an absolute fractal of civilizations that will figure this out? Thank you. Candy? Yeah, you get a candy. If you were a ghost, who would you haunt? Um, I wouldn't haunt anyone. I would just go into the underworld and see all my favorite rock stars. Yeah, they're probably all in hell. Thank you. <laughs> if you could change one historic event, what would it be and why? Uh, I'm a history major. I should know this. Um, I think I would choose World War One because I believe that after World War One, it set up everything for World War Two and the Holocaust and everything like that. If you could go toe-to-toe with a horror movie, like, villain, a monster, who would you go toe-to-toe with? On their, on their terms. Alright. Uh, Michael Myers, he walks everywhere. You know? Just run faster. I like that, thank you. Um, what are you looking forward to for homecoming this year? Um, seeing lots of people. I, I find um, seeing people very fun. I like people. Hello, what's your name? My name is Emma. What grade are you in? I'm a sophomore. What are you most excited about for this year's homecoming? I'm just kind of excited to see my friends and hang out and have a good time. Hopefully crashing BK's football game. Hi, what's your name? Avery Stoddard. What's your grade? Junior. Uh, is this what you were expecting for your first homecoming? Not really. It's a lot nicer than what I was expecting from, like, junior high experiences. Hi, 
what's your name? Uh, my name is Madison Cummings. Um, what grade are you in? I'm a senior. Um, how does this homecoming compare to previous the previous homecoming you've been to? Uh, the only one I went to, obviously, because of COVID, was the one in my sophomore year. Uh, that one was in the old gym, so honestly, I prefer this one being outside. It's just a little more spacious, and there's not it's not as like clustered and like hot and sweaty and stuff like that. What are your guys' names? I'm Mia. I'm a junior. I'm Maya. I'm a junior. I'm Mike Bennett. I'm a junior. I'm Esther and I'm also a junior. What are your guys' favorite part of homecoming so far? I really like looking at everybody's outfits and the dresses that they're wearing. I like seeing a group of people who are wearing masks even though there's like no one else. Uh, I like spending time with, time with my friends here. Yeah, I like being with friends and I, um, I like the energy. This is Miles Vink, a co-student body leader of the Boar Pridecast. Thank you so much for listening. We've come a long way since the podcast's inception, and we're very excited to continue after 2020. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. These are Bora Voices. <laughs>